Open your Bibles to Psalm 147. Psalm 147. Let's all rise together and read these 20 verses from the finger of God. Together. Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God. For it is pleasant, and praise is comely. The Lord doth build up Jerusalem. He gathereth together the outcasts of Israel. He healeth the broken in heart, and bindeth up their wounds. He telleth the number of the stars, he calleth them all by their names. Great is our Lord, and of great power. His understanding is infinite. The Lord lifteth up the meat. He casteth the wicked down to the ground. Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise upon the harp unto our God, who covereth the heaven with clouds, who prepareth rain for the earth, who maketh grass to grow upon the mountains. He giveth to the beast his food, and to the young ravens which cry. He delighteth not in the strength of the horse, he taketh not pleasure in the legs of a man. The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him, in those that hope in his mercy. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise thy God, O Zion. For he hath strengthened the bars of thy gates. He hath blessed thy children within thee. He maketh peace in thy borders, and filleth thee with the finest of the wheat. He sendeth forth his commandment upon earth. His word runneth very swiftly. He giveth snow like wool, and scattereth the hoarfrost like ashes. He casteth forth his ice like morsels. Who can stand before his cold? He sendeth out his word, and melteth them. He causeth his wind to blow, and the waters flow. He showeth his word unto Jacob his statutes and his judgments unto Israel. He hath not dealt so with any nation. And as for his judgments, they have not known them. Praise ye the Lord. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Very quickly, look at the first verse that tells us about praising God and singing praises to him. That it is a good thing. And then it tells us why it's a good thing by two of its aspects. First of all, it's pleasant. If your heart is right, there is nothing more pleasant than to sing praises to God. If singing praises to God is not the most pleasant thing that you do in life, the problem is with you not singing praises to God. The problem is a dried up heart. The problem is leanness in your soul, as the Bible describes it. Because singing praises to God is a very pleasant thing the Bible says it is. And David, who had more experiences at pleasure than you'll ever imagine having, said that this was a pleasant thing. It also says that it's comely. Praise is comely. That means it's beautifying. God looks at a praising people and he considers them beautiful. 
Because it's comely when we adorn ourselves with praise. The Lord loves for His people to be giving Him praise. He builds up Jerusalem and He gathers together the outcasts. This psalm could have been written after a regathering from Babylon. It could have been written when David was regathered to Jerusalem after having had to live among the Philistines. But do you ever feel like an outcast? Because the church of Jesus Christ is nothing but a gathering of outcasts. When you read the history of the true followers of Jesus Christ, they have been cast out of their homes, out of their churches, out of the synagogues, but the Lord gathered them together into the New Testament church. And so though they were outcasts in the world's eyes, though they were outcasts in the eyes of the religionists, the Lord considers them His people and builds them up as a city compact together called Jerusalem, which is a reference to the New Testament church once we're on this side of the cross. I'd like to point out in verses 3 and 4 the combination of the God we worship. He is as tender as can be. He is as great as can be. In verse 3, He healeth the broken in heart. If you have a broken heart and you don't believe He's healing it, then go to Him. Take it to Him. The Bible tells me He has your tears in His bottle. Take your broken heart to Him and He will heal it. Go to Him and tell Him your heart is broken. And ask Him to heal it. He binds up our wounds. That's how tender He is and how gentle He is in verse 3. But in verse 4, He telleth the number of the stars. He can count the number of the stars which no man can do. And He calleth them all by their names. They are very specific and personal and individual. Let me say individual to Him. He can count their number. He tells the number. And He has a name for each one of them. That is a great God. No wonder verse 5 says, Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. He can discern the thoughts and intents of our heart so that He can come in and heal up our wounds and heal the brokenhearted. And yet... He can count and name all the stars of the heavens. Praise His glorious name. Verse 8 tells us that He covers the heaven with clouds. And we had some beautiful ones yesterday. He prepares rain for the earth. Thousands and millions and billions of tons of water in vapor in the clouds that condense and become droplets and fall upon the earth and give us inches of covering for great Areas of territory that amount to billions of gallons and pounds of water. He makes rain for the earth. He makes grass to grow upon the mountains. Look at all the things he does. He gives the beast his food and the young ravens which cry. He takes care of the whole natural realm of clouds, rain, grass, birds, animals. And that is set to introduce us to the next verse. Verse 10, He delights not in the strength of the horse. He taketh not pleasure in the legs of a man. We call things by horsepower. We we measure vehicles by horsepower. We can read about man of war. We can read about secretariat and other great horses. The Lord doesn't take delight in that. It's way too small for Him. Look at what He just did in the first two verses. A horse can't lift the rain that covers even your property. After a couple of hours, 
You take your property, multiply it by two inches, multiply it by eight pounds per gallon, and a horse can't, it's nothing. He doesn't take delight in the strength of a horse. And he doesn't take delight in the legs of a man. Now, we have a man on the earth right now that's getting a lot of publicity because he's got the greatest pair of legs that the earth has seen thus far. And his name is Usain Bolt. He's a Jamaican, and he just ran the 100 meters and the 200 meters in the world championships in Berlin, Germany. And he crushed the world records in both events. After having crushed the world records in both events at the Summer Olympics last year. Usain Bolt, they call him a lightning bolt. But he's not quite that fast. But look what the Lord says about him. The Lord taketh not pleasure in the legs of a man. Usain Bolt, compared to you, which is the hare compared to the tortoise, is hardly a comparison when you think of real speed, the speed of light, or the speed of an angel. An angel can come from heaven and be with Daniel while he's in the midst of a short prayer. Read Daniel chapter 9, where it says, Whilst I was a-speaking, the angel arrived with an answer to his prayer. Now, that's speed. That's fast. They're called flames of fire in the Bible because they're very fast. But he doesn't take pleasure in the legs of a man. The NFL season is about to open. And the number one running back in the NFL is Adrian Peterson because he's got a great set of legs. But the Lord doesn't take pleasure in the legs of a man. The world wants us to take pleasure in the legs of a man. Our flesh wants to take pleasure in the legs of a man. I mean, you watch Usain Bolt, you want to go downstairs and do a few sets of squats, do some leg curls, do some leg extensions, because look at that set of legs. The devil wants us to take recognition of the legs of a man, but the devil, the world, and our flesh doesn't want us to take recognition of what comes next. And that's the one that the Lord delights in. And that's verse 11. The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear Him, in those that hope in His mercy. That little profane Usain Bolt who never gives God one bit of public glory or thanksgiving for the abilities God gave him is way down on the list of the 6.7 billion people that that inhabit planet Earth. And you can be near the top of that list if you fear Him. According to this 11th verse. The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear Him, in those that hope in His mercy. What are you in despair about? What are you discouraged about? Do you hope in His mercy? Do you hope in His mercy? That means mercy hasn't come yet. But do you hope in His mercy? That's a man that the Lord takes pleasure in. Because the Lord looks at that and says, That man has confidence in me. That man's taking hope in my mercy, which I haven't shown him yet. But he knows I'm going to. I like that reliance upon me. I like that man. Or the man that fears him. That wants to please God. That considers him a reverent and glorious being. And wants to keep the commandments of Scripture in order to please him. The Lord takes pleasure in that man. I like him. Look at that man. Consider how he bragged on Job. Have you considered my servant Job, Satan? There's not a man like him in the earth. There's the Lord bragging about a man, a fallible man, as the rest of the book of Job clearly shows us. But so what if you're fallible? All fallible men are required to put their fear, their fear in the Lord. Right. It's fallible men that hope in His mercy. And the Lord takes delight in those men. There's so much publicity about Usain Bolt and his gold medals and his world record times. 
But this is where we put the emphasis. This is why we come into the house of God. Because the world now has the media in order to be able to shove Usain Bolt, Adrian Petersons, LeBron James, and others down our throats. We want to remember this. Psalm 147, verse 11. Praise the Lord. What a great text. Whenever you think of athletic accomplishments, always put it in comparison to what the Lord says about that. Usain Bolt, LeBron James, and Adrian Peterson in just a few years will not be able to raise their legs. A little, a little 98-pound nurse will come in and lift their legs and move them from one position to another as they complain about the ulcers that are on those legs. And that's just a few years away. A few years after that, it'll be dust and the worms will be carrying those legs about through the earth, eaten by robins and put on your windshield. That's right. But this, man, abides forever. I enjoy, wa- I enjoy watching Usain Bolt run. I enjoy watching Adrian Peterson run. But I hope that my priorities are where the Lord wants them. I hope your priorities are where the Lord wants them. It just irritates me when they don't give God the glory. Right. I wish he would finish that race and give God the glory, grab that microphone because he's got the whole world's attention, and tell them how great God has been to him. Now, Allison Felix Will, who won the 200 meters for the women, she's the son of a Baptist theologian who works in John MacArthur's church and school from California. She will. But so what? Who really has God's attention? The one that fears Him and the one that hopes in His mercy. Lord, let us fear You more and hope in Your mercy. The Lord loves such. Praise His glorious name. It goes on to describe him strengthening our protection in verse 13. If you're safe, it's because God has kept you safe, not because you're smart. He hath strengthened the bars of thy gates. If your children are well behaved, if your children are prospering, it's his blessing upon them. If you have peace in your home, if you have peace in your life, if you have peace in your soul, he makes it. In verse 14. If you're enjoying good things, he's the one that has filled you with the finest of his wheat. Because His providential commands, they go forth upon earth, and His word runneth very swiftly. When God says, go do this to an angel, it is done. When God gave, let me refer to Daniel again in Daniel chapter 9. When God said, go tell Daniel the answer to his question, it was done. His word runneth very swiftly. When you call upon God to issue a command on your behalf, remember the centurion? Speak the word. My servant will be healed. Speak the word, because his commandment runneth very swiftly. Praise the Lord. Alexander Graham and others were so excited about their telegraph and and little sounds and little noises and little signals running across wire at such a slow speed compared. And fiber optics, you say, is no improvement compared to God's word. God can speak from heaven and accomplish things on both sides of the globe simultaneously, affecting two people that happen to know each other. He's a great God. And His Word runneth very swiftly, and we put our trust in Him. He sends forth the ice, and He sends forth the warm air that melts the ice. But verses 19 and 20 are our theme for today. He showeth His Word unto Jacob, His statutes and His judgments to Israel. It is only Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that got the Word of the Lord. He showed His Word unto Jacob. What a blessing. You can't discover it. You can't go buy it. He's got to reveal it. We believe in revelation, not rationalization. Never forget that. Revelation is something that is given to you. He showed. He showeth. 
his word unto Jacob, his statutes and his judgments unto Israel. He hath not dealt so with any nation. The Philistines, the Egyptians, the Hittites, the Babylonians, it didn't matter how great, how, how ancient, it did not matter. It was the smallest of all people, according to God's own testimony about Israel, that he showed them his word. As our brother Gerald told the men that gathered for prayer in the room at the front this very morning, he said that the doctrine of election was very clear and visible in God's dealings with Israel. The smallest of all nations had the greatest of all blessings. The greatest of all nations had no blessings when it came to this matter. They had the natural creation, but they didn't have God's word. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai holding those two tables of stone, that nation had something the other nations did not have. And that something was so special and, and so greatly excelled what those nations had that Deuteronomy chapter 4 says about them that they would admire those wonderful commandments and statutes and judgments that Israel had because they did not have such a law in their nation. This is a great privilege. As we read through Psalm 147 and we get down to verses 19 and 20, God's Word and God's truth is a great privilege and blessing from heaven. If it is not God that opens our hearts and opens our minds to understand it and to believe it, we cannot lay hold of it. If God does not send a preacher to us to explain it to us, we cannot lay hold of it. If God does not inspire it and preserve it, we don't have it. But praise His glorious name, we have it. We have it in our hands. You have something so precious in your hands. Not only do you have the print in your own language, not only can you read it without fear of punishment, but you can understand it. And we have teachers to teach us. And we have a heart that loves it. We have a mind that grasps it. Praise ye the Lord. Amen.